I'm starting this episode by just immediately logging on to Cody Brown's Instagram. Uh-huh. Which is well, the only one I haven't looked at out of all of them. It's a little and bit of a letdown. It is, but it's also exactly right. Like one photo of his kids. And it's just, or maybe it's great. Those are grandkids. Perfect. Um, A Ronald Reagan quote and picture. And then like a couple of like little text pictures that are like about his divorces. (laughs) Oh no. He's grieving on Instagram. Yeah. Christine's decision to leave comes with a great deal of sadness. Anyway, I just had to check that out. Oh, that is actually spot on for season 17. Cody Brown. He's repping himself on cameo. (gasps) A Cody Brown cameo. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I would genuinely. I'm tingling. (laughs) Yeah. How much do you think? Look it up. (laughs) I'm looking it up right now. Hold on. Cody Brown cameo. Come on. $150. That is so worth it. Dude, a live video call for $297. (laughs) Okay, that's a little creepy. That's kind of awesome. Have you ever done a cameo before? Because I have. Oh, yeah. So when you order it, right, like you get to like put in a little request for what they talk about. I would love to be like, Cody, can you please explain yourself? I know. I want to like say something like kind of neutral, but also trying to strike a nerve. I want him to get mad at me. Be like, um, have you ever heard of a persecution complex? (laughs) Now that you're a monogamous because all of your other wives left you. (laughs) Anyway. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. Uh, this is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture, and sometimes friggin' sister wives. I'm Elisa. I'm Katie. I love how last week we were talking about like this is season two. You know, it's gonna be like fun and light and sustainable for us, and mm-hmm. yada yada yada. And then we proceed to watch weeks of Sister Wives. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. But honestly, I found myself feeling a lot more like personal investment, mm-hmm. personal interest. Like I thoroughly have enjoyed watching Sister Wives. Same. And I wasn't totally sure that I would. Like I knew I was like, I'm going to get into this. Like the I know these people, these are weird people, but I didn't think I would like enjoy it as much as I did. Because you know- and even our listeners uh, might know, like, I'm not like the biggest reality TV person. Mm-hmm. I kind mm-hmm. of like fall out with it after a couple episodes. I get a little bit weird with reality TV. Not with the Browns, man. They kept they you coming back for more. In. Time well spent. Had you and- never watched an episode before? Oh, no, I definitely okay. had. Yeah, okay. I'm, I was familiar with them. But it also helped that there are uh, 17 seasons out yes. just available <laughs> to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that kind of viewing where you can like bop around. I was just hopping around. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, um, I watched the show originally when it first aired on TLC in, I think season one was in 2010 mm-hmm. because 2010, everyone had TLC in 2010, you know? Yeah. 
But then over the years, you didn't have cable anymore. You were paying for streaming. It just got lost in the shuffle. So once HBO Max became Max and TLC shows showed up, I was like, hello, old friends. How have you been? And they've been crazy viral on TikTok this past year because season Mm -hmm. 17, the most recent season, was so explosive and just blew everything up. So I'd seen a lot of what's been going on, but watching it, oh my word, what a treat. Watching the dissolution of their beautiful union. I don't even know where to begin because there's so much to talk about. But for maybe for our listeners who've never watched it, what's like the most basic summary of the show? The Katie summary is um, Cody is the patriarch of the family, considers himself very much the patriarch. He would love it that I called him that. Yes. Let's put it that way. Cody is respect. Right. The respect he deserves. He is a uh, goofball, blonde man. He's he's a polygamist and he has several wives. Now, he wasn't like polygamy from the get-go. He was mm-hmm. originally a tradish LDS Mormon, served a mission, and then he married Mary, his first wife. And then pretty quickly, within the first couple of years of marriage, he added a second wife, mm-hmm. um, Janelle. And then a couple of years after that, Christine, the third wife, and then many, many years later, like more than a decade later, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Robin, Robin, the fourth and final wife was added to the mix. Now, I mean, we could get real specific, but he had lots of kids with these women. He had a total of 18 kids. Um, and uh, as you can imagine, it's a fucking nightmare. It's crazy. <laughs> it's ca- a crazy thing to do mm-hmm. um, for everybody. Miserable for the wives. Got to be miserable for him at the end of the day. At this like, point, he's pretty openly like, I hate this. This sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they lived like seemingly happily for quite a long time um, until in the past few years, everything just kind of fell apart. Christine, the third wife um was the first to go um Mm -hmm. things around covid time got really jacked up for them as a family um they were all living in separate houses which is so weird like if you're gonna be polygamous like you just have a bunch of wives all over the place and they've been living in separate houses for a long time Mm -hmm. but and before they moved to arizona the houses were at least on the same cul-de-sac but now they're like spread out around town it's just gotten to be too much too much to handle cody's getting older it's a lot to be going around everywhere spending time with everybody the kids are getting older it's just harder to keep tabs on everybody and things have blown up spectacularly so uh (sighs) that's the the basics of the show but Mm -hmm. man i mean i could talk sister wives at this point yeah we could could just be the podcast like it's all we ever talk about again so i was telling elisa before we hit record i was like uh we should just talk about each of your tabs that you have open because you obviously have 75 tabs open i do let's get into a few of the tabs that i have open so i i really wanted to get into cody brown's family history because like katie said he grew up a traditional mormon went on an lds mission 
and then is like i'm a polygamist Mm -hmm. so the real origin of that is his dad later in life when cody was a teenager decided oh i'm gonna be a polygamist and they like lived in on a ranch in like somewhat rural wyoming i mean all of wyoming is somewhat (laughs) rural and I think there is like a pretty strong polygamous polygamous community up there. And I don't know if you're a a hardcore Mormon in a semi-rural place with a strong polygamous community around you. It's like a short trip to polygamy, I feel like. Right? Right. I mean, I've definitely known people whose families went down that road, even if they started out as traditional Mormons. So that's what happened with Cody. Um, One little tidbit I found, though, um, I was reading Cody's dad's obituary. And at the end, it's like he's, you know, like um, his his living posterity includes his wives. And I was like, that's how I first found out about it. So I dug into that. What I learned was that one of his wives, one of the women that Cody's father married when Cody was a teenager, is Janelle's mom. Yikes. So Cody and his second wife, Janelle, are what are what are considered spiritual step-siblings because their parents got spiritually married, which is what they call it when a, polygas- a polygamist non-legally marries other wives. That was not terminology I knew no, growing up in the church until I was a Mormon missionary and we were teaching this woman and she mentioned her spiritual husband and I was like, excuse me? Can you say more about that? And she was just like, we're spiritually married. And I was like, but why aren't you married married? Mm-hmm. And she was like, we can't be. And I was like, and why is that? I'm going to tell you. Never did this woman give me a a direct answer, but I figured it out. It was a real moment for me in my progression in awareness. As far as I know, I've never met a polygamist and I would like to. Yeah. (gasps) We should get one on for the podcast. I know. I was like, do you think we could get like Mary? If we stayed at her inn in Parowan, could we get her? Uh, We wouldn't want Mary. I'm sorry. I don't want Mary. I'm good. I just mean it because Mary isn't like I see Janelle and Christine as like the stars. Yeah. And like they have the most Instagram followers, the most kind of clout. And Mary seems yeah. like reachable. For reachable sure. levels of fame. Okay. Sure. Let me get back to my tabs. Let me get back to my tabs. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I also did a deep dive into family search because we have a line of our family tree that is browns and katie was like do you think we're related to cody brown so i dug in to like cody brown's family tree i found like his father on family search i dug in our family tree i traced it back to the mid 1600s where they were living in neighboring villages in scotland and then cody brown's family tree abruptly ends on family search wow so i think we feel comfortable saying we're related to Cody Brown. The other tab I have open that was most useful to me is the Wikipedia article for the Apostolic United Brethren, which is right. the branch of Mormonism that Cody Brown's family was a part of. I don't know if it, they still are. 
It's unclear. It's a little confusing. They're certainly not like actively practicing this religion because they don't live among these people. So they're not like going to church services with them. And like Christine has said, she no longer believes in any of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Mary stands. It seems like Janelle still believes in it and that Robin does and that Cody has maybe gone back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically they believe in the Book of Mormon. They believe Joseph Smith was a prophet. They um, believe that John Taylor had this revelation, right? Where he like supposedly saw Joseph Smith and was told like the church has to remain has to continue practicing polygamy no matter what and so this group the council of friends splintered off and continued practicing polygamy often in secret and that created all these other splinter groups including the aub um another little family connection for us because as we've talked about on the podcast john taylor is our great 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 grandpa he was the freaking he's the apex of it all he sure he's, is. He's the granddaddy of the Brown clan, ultimately. <laughs> so um, I was going to say, I wanted to mention, because obviously, obviously there's a religious, you know, friggin' nucleus to all this. But like, is there? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? From day one. At this one, point, it doesn't seem like it. I, I am feeling like from day one, it was unclear. Mm-hmm. It's like. So obviously you guys are some branch of fundamentalist Mormon and they talk about it, mm-hmm. but like, I am seeing little to no evidence I'm seeing. Yeah. And, and my theory was that maybe TLC was like, let's take it easy on mm. the religious stuff. Because like, you literally like, I don't know, just coming from a Mormon background, there's like, you know, you walk into an LDS home and there's like paraphernalia. It's everywhere. It's everywhere and you go into their homes and there's some Jesus-y stuff. Yeah. Sure. But like not mostly really. in the house they lived in in Utah in the in the first season, you had a mm-hmm. sense of like a Mormonness to it. There was yeah. like Jesus stuff around. Um the way they kind of talked about things mm-hmm. and their commitment to each other. And they and they still they use the words like covenant a lot sure. and like very mormon terminology mm-hmm. um but it does seem to have faded away quite a bit i also yeah. remember a, oh, an episode in an earlier season where they show them having like a church service in their home mm-hmm. after they moved to vegas and um you know it's like cody running the meeting and it's just his family in it and then robin gave a talk about like chastity yeah and that was wild. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it that she had like a necklace or like a jewel or something? And it was meant to represent her purity. And she and threw it, it on the ground. And she gave it to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and they threw it on the ground. They yes. broke it. They destroyed and, it. And she could never, it, you know, it was lost forever or whatever. Because it was a gift that she was supposed to give to her husband. Yeah. Cody. Oh, but then she like was cleansed by the atonement so she could give it to Cody. I don't remember. The let's be honest, the object mm. lesson was shaky, but Mormon. More oh, yeah. familiar. Yes, Mormons love an object lesson. They love a shaky object lesson. Yeah. 
<laughs> the shakier the better what's your favorite mormon object lesson i am thinking the glove say more i'm remembering the glove i'm not remembering the lesson was it about like um, bodies and spirits or something i think it's a it's a spirit thing yeah yeah like yeah, yeah. your spirit is your hand the glove is your body body when you die the glove comes off but you're still something like are that. we butchering this yeah somebody chime in yeah feel free to yeah call us out in the comments but yeah do you have a favorite object lesson um i mean the classics are like the one where a kid goes up in seminary and he's like doing push-ups or whatever and he's not allowed to stop and he's like <laughs> suffering and everybody's like don't make him do any more teacher this is so cruel we can't watch this anymore and it's like this is just like jesus he took on the suffering for all of you i mean like terrible things like that is that the classic or like um <laughs> well the, or like the kid has to hold a bunch of he has to hold his arms outstretched and he has a bunch of hymn books resting on sure him. And he has to hold him up, but it's getting really hard. And someone's like, let me help him. And the teacher's like, nobody no. can help him. He has to bear yeah. this burden for all of us. That's awesome. That yeah. makes me want to be a seminary teacher. I want to do shit to like manipulate of a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. Woo. It takes me back to my EFY counselor days where it was like, you'd plan this, you know, like spiritual thought and then you'd meet up with the other counselors and it was like, did they cry? Mm-hmm. Like that was the mark of whether you'd done a good job. Talk to us about the rabbit holes you went down. Not so much a rabbit hole, but a conversation that came up several times as I was watching the show with my husband is how transactional and like a business they run mm. their family. Uh, even down to, do you remember when they're talking about a mission statement? Oh, I do remember that. The way that Cody is able to, like in the later seasons, just like put wives on the back burner mm -hmm. and like ice them out. And he's the one who's like, they're playing games with me or whatever. It's like, dude, you are being the worst. You're like withholding your time and attention in really like intentional ways to get what you want. Mm -hmm. yeah I can see what you mean about the whole like transactional business thing even when it was like early days and they were describing their their family as functional mm -hmm. the way they described that functionality was in terms of like this seeming equality in mm -hmm. um time money attention mm -hmm. it was like well I just spend uh you know every third night with, with each of them back when there were only three of them. Right. And mm -hmm. it wasn't about like feelings of no. love or devotion or even affection. Mm -hmm. It was about like duty and compliance kind of calculation of mm -hmm. equality. Yeah. And it's like a unquote. loyalty to the system. Yes. Like you have 100%. to work the system together and you can't fall out of line and mm -hmm. gum it up for everybody else. Like we just have to stay in harmony. It's totally crazy. And like to jump back to like the early days, anybody who's in a long-term relationship, like nothing is 50-50, nothing is equal. It can be hard, like with busy lives to, um, 
you know, share like a healthy, equal enough division of labor in a home. Mm -hmm. Imagine dividing that like three, four ways, five ways. Yeah. Um, it's just stupid. It's a really, really stupid way to try to run a home and have a relationship and have kids. That is like one of the darkest things to me. Like I just had my second child. And in the first few months, I remember saying several times, like, I can't imagine having more than this because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can uh, get, I could give enough attention to that many kids. There are a couple episodes in an earlier season where um, some anthropology grad students from UNLV come to like study the Browns. They like live with them for several days and observe them and interview them. And those episodes are fascinating. Um, but they talk about like, I think they straight up ask, like, do you worry about like bringing all of these kids into a family and, and whether you're able to provide them with the kind of attention and affection that they need. Mm -hmm. And it's like very, you know, everything gets really glossed over like, oh, the kids are so happy. The kids are so loved. And I'm not saying they weren't. I think that. Um, you know, a lot of kids from that family speak positively about their experience growing up. I'm not mm-hmm. pretending they didn't have a good experience, but it's clear, especially now as the kids are getting older and they're more spread out that Cody's attitude is not, I'm the father. And so it's up to me to extend effort towards my kids. His attitude is they should come to me mm-hmm. if they need me. Right. And if they're not coming to me, I'm offended. I'm offended. It's the same attitude he has towards his wives. Mm -hmm. He is like, things are bad between us and you need to fix it. And I am going to make it as hard as possible as I can to, for you to do that, but you have to do it. And if you don't, then it's over Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be hysterical about it, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's the same thing with his kids. He just creates so much trouble. I want to be clear. Um, I am on and off like very sympathetic to Cody throughout this show. <laughs> um, he is a, an idiot, uh, a character. I think he's an actor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's putting on his a show. line delivery on. It's like a knife in the kidneys. Um, the sacrifices I made to love you. Wasted. <laughs> nailed it i mean yeah, that, that line scene. rings in my ears my heart it's i well delivered it is and i appreciate how many times they replayed it <laughs> like it gets replayed it over never and over. gets old oh it's incredible I and the way that the wives infinite loop me too and the way the wives are just looking at him totally glossed over like are you yeah. done their complete non-reaction to his fits it it tells you everything you need to know about how everybody's feeling about things they are over it he is screaming and play acting and like just going nuts and he's totally hysterical and the way his like curly hair flops around oh my gosh he's really embraced his curls what he has not embraced is the fact that his hairline has receded in a pretty extreme way 
Yeah. And he's using like length and curl to cover that up. Mm-hmm. But man, those curls are defined. He's doing an incredible job. He clearly has someone in his life who is really caring for his hair in the salon. Mm-hmm. Um, that is apparent. But yeah, I was thinking he if he shaved his head, I think he'd look incredible. I Yeah, he's got a good kind of face structure, I think, to handle that. Yeah. Back to the larger part of <laughs> feeling sympathetic towards him. Sure. I I think one of the reasons this show has been around for as long as it is, is you go into it expecting to easily write off these people as like um, zealots and lunatics. And mm-hmm. you find that they're real people mostly mm-hmm. and um, that you can kind of like, like them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that was like surprising me again and again and again. Like, I don't know. I kind of like them. Like I'm kind of yeah. rooting for them and polygamy. What a mess. But like, I don't know. They seem okay. And then things fell apart no one on the show has a kind of more devastating journey for me than mary because mary is the first wife came from a polygamous background but definitely struggled with it because she knew what it was like to be monogamously married and seemed to be really happy with that like it seemed like she and cody really loved each other and then they brought more people in and it was hard Also, when they brought in Janelle, Janelle had been married to Mary's brother and got divorced. So weird. That's a whole conflict we never learn much about. And then, you know, Mary has a child, has Leon, has a miscarriage, and is otherwise not, is struggling with fertility. Mm -hmm. And in the kind of situation they're in where the goal is the more kids the better always Mm -hmm. always more you know she was kind of on the outside of all that she like was an empty nester which normally you do with a a spouse you know if you've had a child together but cody was not an empty nester not even close and also the big thing is that when robin joined the family and Cody wanted to adopt, legally adopt Robin's kids. Mary and Cody had to get a legal divorce so that Robin and Cody could get legally married. So all of that's happening as she's like becoming an empty nester. The show is taking off. We're getting all this attention and I'm kind of getting left behind here. Mm-hmm. And so Mary gets caught up in a relationship online with someone who turns out to be a catfisher. It seems like, I mean, they're pretty cryptic about the details, but it seems like Mary was pretty scared. that And heartbroken. Yes. And like ashamed. Mm -hmm. And in her conversations with the other adults in the family about it, that definitely was reflected back at her. It wasn't like, oh no, you've been the victim of this terrible thing. It's, oh, you are untrustworthy. There's no understanding. affair. Like, come on, people. Yeah. Like, give her, throw her a bone. She is so, has to be so lonesome, so Mm -hmm. isolated, living a totally different kind of life than all the other people in the family. Mm -hmm. And there's just no understanding for her. Mm Mm-hmm. And even just like her personality type from the beginning and just who she is, she doesn't really fit in. 
mm-hmm. you know? And so I don't know. There's just like a deep sadness with Mary that yes. it, you can, like you see it in her face. I know. Very and sad. the and then she because of the whole catfishing thing, Cody distanced himself. He's saying on the most recent season in his little one-on-ones, like, I don't even consider myself to be married to Mary anymore. But he's never said that to her. He's just, like, letting her kind of hang on on the sidelines while mostly ignoring her. They apparently don't have any kind of romantic relationship and haven't for years. Mm-hmm. He doesn't stay at her house ever. It's And she's waiting. Yeah. She's just Hanging around hoping. Do you have the quote where she says, like, my strength is, like, waiting around for Cody, basically? My strength is sticking around and seeing if Cody decides to work on our relationship. That, honestly, when Cody said, like, I don't even consider myself married to Mary, if she were to find another man and want to leave, like, I wouldn't put up a fight. That's, like, the nastiest, meanest Mm -hmm. thing. He's yeah. so wrong for that. Mm-hmm. And but Mary not- is saying that in the context, though, of criticizing Christine. Because Christine mm-hmm. leaves Cody in large part because she says, you know, like, you say you don't want an intimate relationship with me anymore. Because apparently that's a thing Cody says to his wives. What a dick. Yeah. And um, she's like, if you don't want that with me, why do- why would I stay? Like, I'm not here trying to, like, be in a half marriage. Like, if we're not doing this, then I'm going to go. And Mary's like, oh, can you believe her thinking that that's so terrible? I mean, I've been sticking around with- in those conditions for years. Right. It's the classic. It's the classic uh, boomer mentality. It's I've had to suffer. Yeah. So that. So means- why won't you? that everyone must suffer i feel like we have to dig into like the big conflict of season 17 though like christine's leaving janelle's leaving Mm -hmm. cody and robin are like what we haven't done anything wrong we're being so persecuted yeah this is just terrible and robin she goes like (laughs) (laughs) like robin i feel like we haven't really touched on robin robin was the fourth wife she came in much later she had been married previously and she had three kids and um cody divorced mary married robin adopted her kids and And then they had two more kids together and they had two more and from the beginning of their relationship, like it's pretty obvious that Robin is the favorite. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of that is to, to uh, Robin's credit, like she plays the game. Like she, she is um, a really productive um, part of the, the whole business of that family, you know, mm-hmm. she, and, and the way that she talks to her sister wives as they're struggling, where she's like, just please stick it out with me. It's very Mm -hmm. much like, don't screw this up. Like we need to keep this machine running. It's not Mm -hmm. like, I love you. I can't live without you. Or I even want to be friends with you. It's no, we have to stay committed to this role we've agreed to. Mm -hmm. Right. At any cost. How dare you not pay this cost? And and it's just because that's what they're taught in Mm -hmm. their religion. You can't just decide to leave you have to figure it out oh yeah that brings us to a really dark moment so christine is like 
only I'm spiritually married to Cody. We're not legally married. So I'm divorced. I've decided. Mm. And cut to Robin saying, no, that's not how it works. You have to get permission from the church. But also you're not really divorced until you've had sex with another man. Because then you're an adulterer. (laughs) And she's just like spitting out dogma like that's just the way it is. Yeah. Even though Christine doesn't even believe in their religion anymore. Right. It's pretty wild to hear her talk about it so matter-of-factly. Like, this is just Mm -hmm. fact. And, like, Robin has this way of just of making these kind of statements that are incredibly problematic mm-hmm. um, as if she's doing it for the good of everyone, as if mm. she's like playing the role of the like glue in the family. And Cody mm-hmm. buys that. He sees oh, her that yeah. way. He's like, she's such a good communicator. She's the one really keeping things together. She's the one really taking care of me. But in the reality is the stuff she's saying, like, in the one-on-ones for season 17 when she's like can you blame cody for withdrawing from his wives when they sometimes um i don't remember the exact terminology she uses but she's basically saying they sometimes don't want to have sex when he wants to have sex right can you believe that yeah what do you expect him to do right and to his credit like they had like sometimes they had stretch marks or gained weight and he still loved them and treated them well like whoopty freaking do lady <laughs> yeah but she's saying that in as a kind of way of being like ladies pick it up do the yeah. work get your asses yeah. in gear get it together it's not cody's not a problem you're the problem you need yeah. to be ready and willing to have sex at a moment's notice you need to be like falling all over yourself thanking him that he decides to love you even though you're not physically perfect because he's so incredibly good looking he the better his curls have gotten the more insufferable his views have gotten yeah i know and that's a shame he he was a lot more of a sympathetic character when he had that awful like blown out hair i wish that we could see the way he was styling it before i want to see both ways i want to see what he was doing when it was hideous i feel like like it was air dried brushed out i love how much of this episode is us talking about cody's hair but i also feel like i mean you said this right there are like reddit threads kind of speculating that he's gone down a sort of misogyny rabbit hole that he's been like red pilled because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I mean, it's not like it was never there, but he is obsessed with, I'm the patriarch. I'm the man of the house. I deserve respect. Why mm-hmm. am I not getting like compliance and loyalty mm-hmm. is his like code word for these women think they get to make decisions and they get to talk back to me. Like, mm-hmm. how dare they? And the way he talks about divorce, there is one time where he talks about how like men these days really get screwed over in divorces, Mm. blah, 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 which my ears perked up quite a bit at that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and even when like, uh, you know, uh, 
the wives are like moving into new quarters and they it's not like a very convenient setup for him he like takes it as this huge affront that there isn't enough room for all of his shit Mm. i kind of want to address the fact that it's really weird for a man i mean i understand that this is the tradition within like you know fundamentalist mormon polygamy but he really does not have like his own place at all like Mm -hmm. there's no place where it's like his bed his closet he doesn't mm-hmm. have like doesn't ever seem like he has even like a chair except like i just robin's except yeah at this point at robin's for sure mm-hmm. but i just can't really imagine living life that way um yeah it's, it's very... a little bit transient how he just is going from place to place but he's never really like settled i was gonna say we're team christine but also I was telling Katie, like, I've struggled with Christine while watching the show. Like, she's not necessarily my favorite Um, because I find that she speaks in a way that reminds me of, uh, like, Relief Society sisters, mm-hmm. like, kind of performing a little mm-hmm. sweet lilt in her voice. Yeah. A little breathy. <clears throat> a little breathy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, like, a couple of her kids have that. And I was like, I don't know what to what it is about her, but she's like a little, and I couldn't think of the word. And then I was like, floofy. <laughs> and Katie was like, what? And I was like, I don't know how to explain it, except it's something about the lilt in her voice, plus the fact that her kids are named like McKelty mm. and True Aspen with mm-hmm. a Y. Of course. Just a little bit of floof that as someone who grew up in Mormonism and lived in Utah. Ooh, it's mm, it's a little triggering and it's a very specific kind of sweet lilt because mm-hmm. janelle also has a very utah mormon yeah. vibe and voice but it's like nice like she mm-hmm. is like a kind of a kind of the nice aunt archetype yeah janelle looks like a member of our family to me i just 100%. inherently trust everything about her. she we should have looked into whether we were related to her because genuinely <laughs> that may be that may be the case but yeah so there are different you know it's not all all mormon um dialects aren't created equal you know some of mm-hmm. them are just a little too floofy a little just just a touch too much floof Let me ask you this, Katie, as we wind down. I mean, there's so much to talk about with this show. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's almost overwhelming. But one thing I kept thinking about was just like polygamy as a system Mm -hmm. and our relationship to it growing up and our awareness of it growing up. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, we were sheltered from it. We were like taught that we were completely separate from it. But in other ways, it was like very much a part of our family history and like religious history. Yeah. Did you growing up ever fear that you would one day have to live polygamy? No, Mm -hmm. no, I didn't. I always felt sympathetic to polygamists because that I think was kind of how we were raised, you know, uh, they should be allowed to kind of, I mean, like it was bad. And and I think that, you know, uh, like they shouldn't do it, but also we should keep the kids with their families and la di da di da. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was a little conflicted. 
Yeah. But that was like the, especially like the Warren Jeffs flavor of polygamy, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah. The wearing costumes, mm-hmm. kind of like obviously and child like old abuse. And men wear- marrying like 13 year olds and stuff. Right. Yeah. And that was just w- mostly what you saw. I mean, mm-hmm. you didn't, I never really was exposed to any other flavor of polygamy until Sister Wives. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I didn't think I would have to participate in it. Did you? A little bit. Mm. Maybe not in this earthly life. Okay, I was going to say maybe in the afterlife for sure. Yeah, there was definitely a sense. I mean, based on the scriptures, really, Mm -hmm. that after we died, that was the expectation. And I feel like I would hear women in the church talk about that as a fear, Mm. like, um or you know if there was ever any kind of discussion of like how have you overcome your doubts and fears it was like well one of my doubts and fears is polygamy and here's how I've overcome that doubt and fear right how so it was just in the air that like polygamy was not over Mm -hmm. and we weren't all gonna escape it completely yeah so Growing up with that as this kind of like haunting thing, it is especially fascinating to watch the Browns like actually live it and seem kind of like normal people. Mm -hmm. And to realize that that is just going on out there in the world. It was going on out there in the world when we were growing up. It was going on like down the street. I would love to know the numbers. Like mm-hmm. I would love to know how many polygamists there are, where they are, you know, because obviously they are just really, really, really good at keeping it under wraps because they have to be. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they really are all around us. They really are. And they're coming us. to get you. <laughs> so watch out. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, I I don't think they say this, but Sister Wives was pitched, I'm sure, on the Brown side as a as a missionary tool. Yeah. It's like, let's get this show so that people can see that we are normal, good people and they'll want to, you know, come do this. Yeah. Ideally. Right. We're normal. Look at how hot the husband is <laughs> look at his long flowing <laughs> locks don't you want a piece of that Ooh, in his little red sports car mm. i feel like it's become just more and more mainstream for folks to be in polyamorous relationships and yeah. obviously like polygamy is within the context of the browns like defined by like a religious system mm-hmm. um and like really rooted in patriarchy, even though it didn't always look that way on Sister Wives, it fundamentally was mm-hmm. and has clearly become that. Um, but I think like because we grew up with this sense that like polygamy equals bad, it's just interesting to think about different models of like relationships without bringing that baggage to it. I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm uh I uh yeah. I'm a I'm a judger. <laughs> I'm a judger of that. I I I'm a uh, skeptic. I yeah, uh, I uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I 
honestly not even a skeptic like because i don't know anything i'm not like basing it off of my own evidence it's just i'm just judging at face value mm-hmm. i just am thinking i i am judging that the answer is no have you not known a lot of polyamorous people no i haven't have you oh yeah tons I mean, I think it's because I went to grad school in the humanities. I just know a lot of <laughs> characters. Um, I know tons of people who are in like open relationships who have like. Yeah, that's different. A partner, but also other like a kind of central partner and other partners. Yeah, I know yeah. tons of people. Who are, and who like who talk about like ethical non-monogamy and they're like they're advocates for it and they have mm-hmm. this whole kind of pitch for why it's better sure and don't get me wrong like literally do whatever you want and yeah, it's probably course. fine but mm-hmm. like i just feel like most people and i don't think like everybody needs to be monogamous or anything but i think that like most people even like those who say that they don't mm-hmm. like they do want monogamy mm, interesting like in the case of these women on um, Sister Wives and Cody, I mm-hmm. think Cody wants monogamy. I think that he enjoyed the spoils of polygamy when he was young and virile mm-hmm. and then got tired of that. Mm-hmm. That's not worth it anymore. I'm not that interested in like the like sexual payoff and mm-hmm. all the attention. He's like, now he's basically monogamous. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. And all these women, I think, in retrospect like if you ask christine she'd be like yeah i wish i just wanted to be monogamous like yeah you just didn't know you know but that's people who made those choices within a system that told them that was the choice to make so yeah. it is different but there are all sorts when... of systems sure there no, are all 100%. sorts of pressures all sorts of guys with eyebrow piercings who are trying to you know convince you of things (laughs) all sorts of guys with curly hair trying to talk you into stuff yeah with 45 minute curly hair routines (laughs) yeah no wonder he doesn't have time for his kids anymore i mean he is like dunking and plopping and diffusing that hair (laughs) oh man there's so much to do he has to he has to find his like his favorite satin pillowcase he's like i can't find my satin pillowcase my oh no fucked up. my satin pillowcase is at robin's i gotta go back <laughs> and they're all like robin is the favorite wife yeah <laughs> i knew like, sorry I, i'm tired i'm just gonna stay at robin's and they're like damn it cody but it's really just about that satin pillowcase it really was all along <laughs> we cracked it well <laughs> this has been quite a ride uh thanks for listening everybody i suspect we'll have more to say about sister wives down the road because mm-hmm. it's uh not over it's a lifestyle at this point <laughs> <laughs> um but follow us everywhere at please bless pod send us any episode ideas or comments or corrections about things that we've said here today please at please bless pod at gmail.com definitely like rate and review on spotify and apple Podcasts. we love that mm-hmm. and we'll see you next time and please bless this podcast oh, amen <laughs>